Hello guys. So it's been a while. Yeah. And I'm back. So I decided to take a break for a bit simply because I needed to realign. Yes. And you know make some adjustments of my own also because I was trying to make some improvements that I needed to do by myself but and finally to actually have the moment to ask myself how bad I really wanted this and it turns out that I really do want this yeah so apart from every other um, forms of content creation that I've worked on or worked with in the past couple of years this has been the most comforting and soothing for me because I mean it gives me the space to freely think the way I want to and really carry at least to the point I can understand the audience along in my <laughs> thought process so this podcast would <clears throat> be taking a whole different look um, going forward because it's going to be much more um, spontaneous and unscripted. It wasn't it wasn't scripted before, but it's going to be much more spontaneous. It's going to be much more available, and the reason is because I see how I've been able to at least help. I've been able to see some of the things that I really needed to see the way I wanted to see them and I've been able to shift my mind from some perspectives and gain some new perspective about things and these perspectives have been really good for me don't worry I'm I'm talking I'm using vague terms for now but I'm going to clarifying that with the subsequent episodes that will be coming up However, this is to ensure that I keep to my commitment. This particular episode is to ensure that I keep to my commitment of resuming podcasting today. So I ensure that I was going to resume my podcasting today or resume podcasting today. And this is me giving to that commitment. Alright. So simply so I just want to talk about something very simple. So I'll just talk about something very simple, something very, very simple, actually. So we talk about motivation a lot, how we do not have motivation for some things and all of that a lot. And sometimes it reflects in how we say things like, ah, I woke up really tired, right? So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine today. She posted something on her status where one of the things, you know, on the the content you posted so the person outlined five things the person thinks are very beautiful things that are little things yet very beautiful things and the fifth or i think the sixth on the list was waking up feeling like you've actually had enough sleep right and <laughs> it was crazy and it struck me because it's part of what i've been, I've been thinking about for some days now and it struck me so i resonated with that thought because i kind of saw some different light into it so basically what i was thinking is 
is it really the sleep or is it the mindset you had before and after you woke up that makes you feel like you've had enough sleep so the average person needs a minimum of six to eight hours of sleep to have enough sleep for their brains to resume and work properly but sometimes the average person takes more than eight hours to sleep so if you have times where you spend up to nine hours even ten hours sleeping and they still wake up tired so why is that so somehow it began to make me think that i don't think in truth it's the amount of time you sleep or even the quality of sleep that ensures that by the, by the time you're waking up you're going to be you're going to feel like you've had enough sleep so we, we discussed me and my friend we when i had to talk about the idea and i felt like painting a scenario of how i understood it so i made an, an analogy so imagine if you were in a relationship in a long distance relationship yeah and your partner lives overseas your partner stays overseas and this is somebody you've been with for maybe maybe two years before they went to before they went abroad or you yourself you went abroad right but you guys are not in you guys are in two different time zones basically and maybe the time zone difference is about six hours so it means that when you're going to bed by like 12 p.m but uh, 12 midnight they are at 6 a.m 6 p.m rather and when you're waking up by 6 a.m they are 12 midnight and you guys probably have a deal that you talk at the end of every day so it means that that's going to be between the hours of 11 p.m for your partner there and 12 p.m and that's going to be between the hours of 5 p.m 5 a.m and 6 a.m for you here now this is someone you love someone you've shared so much with and someone you want to have a future with now talking to them is exciting talking to them is it feels good and all of that it, it, it releases all the necessary hormones that makes us feel good and feel satisfied so if you go to bed by 12 you would agree with me that even if you go to bed by 12 you're going to wake up on or before five to still make that conversation and you wake up feeling like you've had enough sleep and you wake you feel that way because what you are looking forward to when you wake up is actually something rewarding so in a lot of cases you are not feeling like you've had enough sleep simply because your brain can't seem to look at anything you're having to do that you have to do in this new day as rewarding enough to get it out of bed so i mean your brain is designed to save you from stress or designed to save you from stress basically save you from anything that is painful so it sees your day as a stressful day so it doesn't even want to get started so here's what i think i think if you made your to-do list a more exciting to-do list i think if you made your next day an adventurous day in your mind at least it will give you the motivation to wake up earlier and not just earlier when you wake up you're going to feel better you feel like you've actually had enough sleep now i can draw that from my personal experiences because there have been days where i slept for just about four hours and i woke up feeling really energetic to go into the next day in fact I didn't need my alarm to wake me up. I didn't need any aid to wake me up, right? Simply because I was very excited about what I needed to do that next day. 
right? It's like the day before your birthday or the day before Christmas. Everybody wakes up early on Christmas Day. I mean, most people, right? Because we are all excited. You're all waiting for that day. You're just really, really excited about that day. So if tomorrow is going to be the best day you've had, then your brain is going to be willing to wake up and face that day because it is the best it's about to have right so what i think in truth is there will never be enough time to sleep <laughs> so there's really no rule i mean if you know what what is healthy for you do that right but your brain wouldn't want you to wake up and go to a class it's a four-hour class early in the morning because they know it's it's boring and tired but i want you to wake up and have a nice cup of maybe cup of tea so instead of thinking about the lecture before you wake up think about the cup of tea that you're going to have first in the morning right so basically what i'm saying is think about something exciting for your next day so try to mix something exciting in your next day or in the for the activity you're planning for the next day try to do something exciting right your brain looks forward to those exciting things and sees them as rewards and then it's motivation for your brain and then obviously motivation for you so you get out of bed when you need to get out of bed and you do what you know what you need to do when you need to actually do them and you you find out that you don't spend unnecessary time on unnecessary things because your brain is actively engaged your brain is excited to see the next chain of activity right so yeah that's my opinion on having enough sleep so if if you like this if you um enjoy this so you notice how spontaneous this is this is basically me just thinking um i will get better at expressing how i think because i tried not to try to sound as though i have all the answers or as though i know everything i don't i mean i can't so basically i'm sharing my opinion on things and i try my best to make my opinion as um, solution oriented as possible so i don't just come here and rant but hopefully there will be days where i'll come here to rant <laughs> and i would like for you guys to engage with that um so yeah this is basically it. so this episode is um get towards self-improvement self-development for those of us that want to develop ourselves want to become better managing yourself managing your time managing your activities and having a more fruitful and productive day i think this is a very useful tip you could practice it and give us feedback on how it has been how the experience has been um i hope to see you next time i hope to hear from you again of course you're going to hear from me again shortly have a brilliant day ahead night hey guys welcome back to another episode of redefining humanity with cheese week so today i want to talk about motivation right so we often talk about motivation a lot I mean you have a task to do and you hear somebody say I'm not motivated for this makes you doing this right um psychologically motivation has terms 
um, comes up as anything that makes you do what you want to do. The reason behind what you whatever action you're presenting is the motivation behind those things, right? But in a lot of contexts, we I think we make motivation sound more than it actually is. We make it sound like it's something beyond the why or the reason why basically so if motivation is why in a lot of cases it's almost impossible to not have a why you're doing something right so we have people to call motivational speakers who do a lot of talking to get you pumped to get you excited emotionally excited and all of that but sadly after this emotional excitement and all of all those gymnastics, a lot of people do not tend to carry out those same actions they hoped to carry or hoped to take on before they came into that conversation. So in a lot of cases, the motivation does not serve as motivation for them to actually do what they want to do. That's pretty ironic. Because I have, um, personally, from years back, I was really big on motivation. I listen to motivational speakers a lot. I think that's the best way to put it. So I listen to them for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, so I go into the day feeling so pumped, so energized, and all of that. And in that time, it was a necessity, I think, because I didn't really have a lot of that. It was important that I had that at that time in my life. What I noticed was that about two years later, on when I was feeling some bit of downside having some bit of downside on my own life on the things I hoped to do and accomplish it was a bit harder to use motivational speeches or listen to motivational speakers to get me off my butt and get me on the work and to get me moving so it was harder to get that happen so I listened to motivation probably as much as I did back then but it didn't get me to work it didn't get me to put in the energy or to put in the fire or just to get it started even so what i realized was that a lot of times truly motivation or motivational speech is not what we need however there's a hack i think is necessary i want to, share, to understand and that's what i want to share so there's a hack to these things so first of all i think in a lot of cases we do not go into conversations or rather listen to conversations or listen to people talk with the hope of getting out an action point. You just want to get emotionally pumped. Right. There's a difference between just being emotionally pumped and coming with the intention to get really actually motivated like the actual word of motivation or the actual meaning of motivation. So in a lot of cases you just come and get emotionally pumped. Emotional emotional um, should I say, should I say uh, inflation rather than would last for so little it won't really stand the test of time right so I think if we can actually change our perspectives a little bit or our, nar- our perspective a little bit basically we could actually achieve a lot more through listening to motivational speakers and eventually get the motivation we need what I think one should always do is to clearly listen take out action points simple so you hear somebody talking about waking up early in the morning right and this is something like 
picking up by 4 a.m. is the time where winners wake up, you know, all this, all, all this talk about wake up, wake up, wake up, set your alarm, this one, that one, all of that. The principal idea in that conversation is that waking up early is important, right? That's the first idea you need to get. So you get that idea, you now ask yourself, what do I consider to be early? And that's how you, that's now going to be the road, the roadmap to get into something that is tangible, right? That looks like an action point or that's an action point you can actually put your energy into. It gives you the results you want. So you ask yourself, what do I think early is? For me, early is 5 a.m. Some people early is 6 a.m. Some people early is 8 a.m. And you have to be sincere with yourself, right? So how would you know what early is for you? How many hours do I want to sleep? To have, do I need to sleep to have enough sleep? Some people, the average person needs between six to eight hours of sleep to be fine. Some people work effectively with six hours, some work effectively with seven hours, some work effectively with eight hours. You don't have to lie to yourself about it simply because a motivational speaker told you to sleep just four hours a day. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not going to do you any good in terms of that. You're going to break down your health, you're going to suffer, and then all of the things you try to accumulate in time. You are cutting sleep, you're going to lose all of them once again. So it's going to do you no good in the long run, right? So basically you want to cut you want to narrow down your focus to how many hours do I need to have enough sleep? How many hours of sleep do I need to have to be to have enough sleep? Right? So you take that down, then you ask yourself, at what time do I have completed most of my daily activities? So you set your sleep time. And then put eight hours, six hours, seven hours as the case may be on that, and add seven hours or six or eight hours to that sleep time. So if you say, I get done with my major activity by nine, so you can give yourself maybe one extra hour to go through any other random thing, any other um, conversation you've not rounded up with, you know, and then tell yourself, okay, I go to bed by 10, 10 p.m. So if you go to bed by 10 p.m. and you want to wake up early, and you need seven hours of sleep, it means from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. you've had seven hours of sleep and you can wake up conveniently by 5 a.m. knowing fully well that you have had enough sleep. So you've covered that of waking up early and you go into the next one which is what do I do when I wake up? And this is where the work is. So like what I talked about in my last in the last episode was something about how um, it's hard for us to make progress or to do things simply because of how um, uncomfortable they are, right? So you wake up in the morning and you don't know, you can't get out of bed simply because the next action you're going to take or the next action you plan to take is going to be a distressing one, something that your body doesn't want to get into, right? something your body is not comfortable with, right? So what you want to do here is give yourself <clears throat> the opportunity to plan something else that is exciting for your day before you wake up. So you go to bed with the thought of something good for the next day and then you wake up with an excitement in your balls for that day. Right? So you already know that you're waking up early. So what do you want to do immediately you wake up? Is it it's it's not nice? Put yourself in that spot where your mind just runs into autopilot and tries to do the whole things you do before again. So you want to do something simple, 
2019 something that is not time consuming right so there's so many ways there's so many things you can do you could decide to once you wake up in the morning stand up and go out of your house maybe go out of your room and then just go out to the kitchen yard to the garden whatever just look around for a bit for those of us that wake up maybe by six that could be enough there should, there should be sunlight by then just stand up leave your room or leave your house step into a different environment for a bit and observe that environment for a bit and absorb the beauty of the environment find something around the environment to appreciate for those of us that are really tall that are, that are religious you could actually spend the moment praying thanking god about the day and thanking god for what can have what he what you know he's going to do in the day and and so just spending a moment of consciousness for something that's exciting and then you can now start the day right so find something really exciting that makes you happy to do first in the morning it gives you the confidence to do other things almost like almost like excited as you would first in the so having covered that so you now know when to wake up and waking up early is also know what um other words what um you want to do first when you wake up so it makes you listening to a motivational speaker or listening to a motivational speech more interesting you're looking for action points you're looking for how can i apply this to my life in very clear terms in very very clear and very clear terms without any misconceptions no, no room for ambiguity or you know just make sure that what cover all the details and the simpler it is the easier it is for your mind to get into action the simpler it is the easier it is for your mind to get into action remember this the simpler your action plan is the simpler the easier it gets for your mind the easier it is for your mind to get into action that is why i had to go through that long process explaining to you how action plans work or how action points work so you want to get something out of the motivational speech you listen to something vital something that you can apply into your life immediately because there's no learning if it doesn't have a change of behavior if there's no change in behavior then learning has no afford so change in behavior is what proves learning so in a lot of cases we're just being excited but not learning so make the difference and learn and how you know you've learned is that it has to be a change a reasonable and noticeable change in behavior Whew, wow <laughs> so this has been really long thank you so much for those of you that got to this point i'm so sorry if this long uh okay i don't think i'm sorry but i apologize if you do not have if you don't like long episodes i'm very sorry that you I apologize for that <laughs> but this is how this is going to be for now i don't intend them to be short or like really brief because i want to take my time to express myself the way i would rather the way i can or the way i want to and all of that so yeah if you have any questions if you have any confusions if you have any feedback to share um you could always send that to my Facebook, my 
Instagram page, you send me a message on my Instagram Hey guys, welcome back to Redefining Humanity with Chase Speaks. Alright, so today I really want to talk about something simple. I hope it is simple. <laughs> it's basically the idea of ideals. So I'm someone that firmly believes in in the ideal like i don't just say that this is what this is i believe that there's an ideal way of saying things so when somebody asks me a question like what's your definition of love i'm going to be looking for the ideal definition not the humanistic or the personalized definition of love you know in some cases where somebody has had maybe heartbreaks <laughs> a couple of times and you ask them what's love they'll be like love is a waste of time you know or be like eh, love is for the weak remove and <laughs> stuff like that or people try to give you very deep meanings about what love is and you'll be like you know that butterfly in your stomach that feeling you can't explain that joy that unexplainable satisfaction and deeply seated passion and they begin to rhyme and all of that <laughs> and that's the definition of love and a lot of times you notice how those definitions are very personally personalized what i mean by this is that these definitions come from a very personal point of view like from a very personal standpoint it's based on the relationship the experiences they've had about this context that give them or this um, concepts rather that give them the definition that they put in those moments so they are what i refer to as personalized definitions so in a lot of cases now in some cases when i'm having individual like i'm having a conversation with an individual i like to know their personalized definitions but in a general sense there is still the ideal so in my own opinion i'm always looking at the ideal right so i'm looking at how i believe for instance since we're using the subject of love for instance i believe that love is not envious love in truth is not um does not demand anything from anybody love gives and doesn't want to receive back it doesn't look out to receive back love um receives as in when i mean receives i'm talking about receives pain receives sorrows and is not worried about all of that love um um tries to ensure that he's always second or she's always second now when i mean love now i'm talking about the person that feels this love towards somebody else sees or tries to ensure that the person that they love always comes first and all of that so of course why i'm not giving you a very detailed definition is because i'm not talking about love i'm just trying to give you an overview of the idea that i'm trying to express so but here's my concern for today's conversation so as i grow older the older i get now don't take me as a very old man for those of you that are (laughs) anyway so the older i get 
or the more I understand things, the more I understand how the ideal should be a constant. The ideal should always be held as a constant. You know, you don't lose focus of the ideal or you don't hold on so much to the ideal that you lose touch of what is in the now. Yes, for instance, in that same context of idealism, you could appreciate people not for who they are in the moment, but who they can be. And a lot of times you would refer and relate to them now. I'm talking from a personal point of view, actually. Sometimes I refer and relate to people from who I believe they can be, not just from who they are. Right? But I've come to understand that the truth is, even if you believe that this is who someone can be or this is what the ideal is, that ideal idea should be held constant. But then what you should work with is the reality that is before you now. So a lot of idealistic people are very, very out of touch with reality. That's why people say that, that they, people call themselves realistic people and some people call themselves idealists and all of that. So when you see someone who says they're an idealist, it means that they hold on to the ideal more than they hold on to the real. So and I don't think either of them is more important than the other. I think the ideal should be the future we are working to get to. However, the today is the reality of life. And that's what we should work upon. So you see where I'm going to with this. So I'm saying that, yes, this person can be beautiful. This person, no, I mean beautiful, I mean beautiful in person, not in physical features. I'm saying now when this person can be beautiful in the future, this person can be so amazing in the future. Yes they can be of course but in the moment who are they and i think if we're able to genuinely tell ourselves the truth about what is before us and embrace people for who they are in the now love them for who they are in the now not just for who they can become but for who they are in the now accept them for who they are in the now it will save you the stress of being hurt because if you try to look at them from an ideal point of view, they will fall short because they are not that yet, right? Now, the same, in the same talking, it relates to us as individuals. It relates to me as a person. So I don't just continue to see myself from an ideal point of view. I need to genuinely believe and understand that yes it's possible i could be this guy in the future it's possible i could be this um person in the future i could have these ideologies these attitudes and all of all this but while i have while i'm working towards that i have to genuinely accept who i am today because if i don't truly accept who i am today then i will lose touch of who I can become. Because in truth, I don't think there's any such a thing as self-discovery. At least not in the context that a lot of people teach it. Self-discovery. I think what we really have is self-acceptance. Right? And acceptance in general. So, nobody really changed in truth. It is just that you didn't really accept them the way they were. When they presented themselves to you the way they were. 
right that's how we have stereotypes so you try to fix someone in a box but then they don't fit into that box so you, you still try your best and fix them in the box <laughs> and then when they break out of the box you'll be like yo and all of this and then you, you don't know how to respond to all of that simply because well you fix them in the box that they're not supposed to be in right so what i'm saying is the ideal should remain the ideal and should be held a constant i think the only person that can genuinely i mean i mean relate to us from an ideal point of view in truth is even god because i mean what do you know is the ideal but let's forget into that philosophy anyway so i think we should just hold the ideal as a constant yes it's the future we can become it's the future we can come into but what do we have today so you have to tell yourself the truth yes i can become so disciplined that i achieve a lot in one hour i achieve a lot in two hours in the next 10 years i want to become that guy that's great that's amazing but who am i now i sleep for eight hours or i sleep for 10 hours that's who i am now i hate waking up early i hate waking up i hate going to i hate going to bed early that's who i am now okay well this is not me but i hate going to bed early that's who i am right or i hate um reading reading books or i hate thinking or i hate doing some of the things i know would really help me or i procrastinate or i lie about the thing i rely about things that are not necessary to lie about i am not i'm dishonest like you need to come to that level of honesty with yourself and accept and embrace whoever it is you are with the flaws you have and the perfections or the beauties you have all of it holistically and own it and then say where do we go from here what's the next move who can i become who do i want to become where do i want to go where can i go then you begin to draw a blueprint on how to go and how to become and that changes the whole narrative right because you now move from being oblivious of the truth to standing on the reality of now to make progress or to make conscious efforts that will lead to progress that would eventually bring you into the ideal that you seek because in truth the ideal is just what we can understand as the best or what we understand as better and that's really what it is and better always gets better so the ideal for you at 20 may not be the ideal for you at 25 right so if you if you don't accept yourself and accept the people that are around you the way they are then you may never find the ideal so that's my thought on the idea of the idea it's really interesting at least to me in my head i'm feeling so smart (laughs) anyway so please leave a comment um send us your messages if you have a question please i'd love to answer if you have a complaint i'd love to answer if you have advice you'd like to give me if you have topics you would like for me to talk about or like for me to think about or if you would like for us to have a conversation one-on-one i'm always open especially the last part conversations one-on-one i love talking to people and interacting not talking to people (laughs) at least one person at a time (laughs) so yeah have a brilliant week ahead thank you
Hey guys, welcome once more to Redefining Humanity with Butchie Speaks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today I want to talk about something a little bit interesting. Now, I don't know how interesting these things are to you, <laughs> but I think they're quite interesting to me. Um, at least that's the essence of this podcast. I share the thoughts that I like. I mean, some of the thoughts that I don't like anyway. But the thoughts that I think are relevant. So basically, I was in a, in a class some weeks back and the lecturer in my class said something about leadership. And then he emphasized on how leadership is the reason why the nigerian country is in a bad state in a very terrible state and of course that makes sense but then he talked about leadership in reference to the people at the seat of power or at the hem of affairs and he kind of made a lot of statements and how about how they bezel money you know the whole normal conversation every nigerian you already know that conversation so i don't really need to bore you about that but he he kept on going on and on about it and said a lot of things but a lot of things struck me in the conversation or some of the things he said triggered different thoughts in my mind but there's a particular thought that i actually i actually held on to for a bit for a long for a longer period of time than others and that's the idea he talked about leadership now in that moment i realized that a lot of times when we talk about leadership we we always talk about the figureheads right but rarely do we talk about the followers now follow me on this because i may i'm about to get into my head i hope i do (laughs) so a lot of times we talk about leadership and we talk about the figurehead and we don't really talk about the followers but i think the power of leadership is in the followers and not in the figurehead because look at it like this if ten thousand people chooses a fool to lead them then where exactly would the person lead them to technically it means that for them for those amount of persons to have chosen this person as their leader then for a fact it proves how foolish they themselves as a population are so if they are not progressing it's not going to be particularly because the leader is incapable of leading them but because the leader is an expression of what they are at the bare minimum at the bedrock right so it's not really that the seat of power should change you it cannot change it's going to only expose you to who you truly are if you're a mediocre once you get there you show mediocrity if you're if you're strong with all of all these things if you're corrupt once you get there you show corruption like you will corrupt you will be corrupt you do a lot of corrupt things and it will be obvious nobody's going to it's not going to be an illusion in any way right so my thinking is these leadership abilities of individuals because how do you value an individual's value without 
your own perceived value because everything you value comes from your own perception of what should be valued so if i see this person and say this person has foresight it means that for some reasons i think that they probably have more foresight than i do because i probably don't think i don't have foresight so if i say i'm choosing this person because he or she has foresight then i'm saying i believe that this person has more foresight than i do and 10,000 other of me of of the people in my population say the same thing about this person and then this person goes into the leadership house and turns out to not show any sign in a general sense now of foresight it means all of us that chose him don't have foresight literally so it made me change my thinking for that moment and it really helped me unlock a couple of th- unlock a couple of things now he made the lecturer made some references to some of the asian giants and how they grew their country from third world economies to first world economies and that's brilliant and that's amazing they did a lot of work but if you study some of these asian countries and a lot of countries in general you notice that the leadership was not just good because the leadership was in itself different from the people because nothing like that exists right so it is that the people were able to lead themselves at, at an individual basis now it means that personal leadership is more important than collective leadership i repeat personal leadership is much more important it's much more valuable it's much more potent than collective leadership if you can lead yourself lead yourself in the right direction then it's very possible that the that it, it makes the possibility of you selecting just any fool to lead you would be reduced to a very minimal point right in this case you'll be able to question the options so you see a fool you can spot a fool because you've already lived as a leader of your own self but in a lot of cases what we have is people who are unwilling not just incapable because nobody is incapable of leading themselves people who are generally unwilling to lead themselves trying to push the blame on other people whom they selected based on their own perception of value and it's just crazy like it is just crazy who's who is to be blamed the person that was selected or the person that selected who was selected like yo <laughs> right the way miles monroe puts it in the term this this saying he usually makes he says an army of ships led by lion would always defeat an army of lions led by ship now i agree with the context of that statement meaning that the power of leadership is actually very very um notable like you can't actually undo it but i think somehow i beg to differ because somehow if a sheep is going to lead an army of lions then it should be able to do two things number one conquer the lions <laughs> because if it can't prove to the lions that it can lead them they're going to first of all devour him because they can see through his weaknesses and they know that they won't give room for such weaknesses so in that case 
If the sheep in truth is going to lead the army of lions, then it must develop some of the qualities that the lions have. And when they see him or her, (laughs) they would respond to him based on the leadership capacity he has on a personal level. So, when we compare Nigeria or compare our nation to other nations, you could see that to a larger extent, that the people in those environments that are being led are able to lead truthfully themselves. And that is why the governments that they elect can't just wake up and do just about anything because they know that the people that they are leading are awake. They are consciously leading themselves. So you can't just do just anything you feel like doing simply because it's convenient and get away with it because they wouldn't let you get away with it. They're interested in their lives. They're conscious. They are very intentional about their lives. So the least you can do is no more than they do. Like I mean, right? So, so on that basis, I really think that we should change the conversation. Well, not just, not like we should throw one away and hold on to the other. No, I believe they are both important. Leadership in a collective um, setting is very necessary. It's really important and being able to develop the capacity to manage collective leadership is absolutely important. But before we begin to look at collective leadership, we should first of all narrow the issue down to personal leadership. That is what I'm saying. That is my point. <laughs> that is really my point. So personal leadership is the key to collective leadership. If there is no personal leadership, collective leadership is definitely 100 no no, most likely going to fail so i have to come to an end now i've said a lot over and over and over i've repeated a lot of things so i really don't want to keep you here um bored but i kind of want to keep you a bit because i like the fact that i'm talking to you personally like if you see my position right now you actually know how personal this is so i'm sitting across him i'm sitting on the floor my legs are crossed i'm with my recording device you know quite casual like i was talking to my friend of course you're my friend so i i'm happy you got to this point i'm really really happy you stayed with me until this point i know how boring what i'm saying could be or might have been i'm really really grateful and thankful so I hope to see you next time on the next episode. I can't say next week, of course. It's anytime. <laughs> I hope you send a message, leave a message, leave a comment, leave your questions. And once again, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, I really, I'll be really glad to lend it, to lend my ear and to give you the advice I can. I am currently running a program for people called clarity sessions with Buchi, and these clarity sessions is where i discuss with you on who you have been who you are and who you want to become and this is where we can carefully and systematically create a sort a blueprint on how you want to achieve the goal of who you want to become but before that clearly help you achieve the first goal of loving and appreciating and accepting who you are today so please hit me up (laughs) 
really really hit me up and once again if you want to meet me if you want to see me ig instagram which is speaks and yeah have a beautiful day ahead thank you